Eternal Rock of Ages, we want to bless your name once again. Thank you for our meeting again today. As we conclude on the issue of a glimpse of eternal glory, I pray that, Lord, you will minister to our spirit man and we will catch, indeed, a glimpse in our spirit through your word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I'll just read Haggai chapter 2, verse 9, again, as a reminder. Haggai chapter 2, verse 9. The glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. Now in this place I will give peace, says the Lord of hosts. We have seen in the very first part of our study on a glimpse of eternal glory that our motivation to endure will arise when we catch such a glimpse. We noted that Jesus went to the cross because of the joy that was set before him. We also noted that Peter, James, and John, when they saw the transfiguration, they caught a glimpse of glory and they were willing to go all the way with Jesus. And when John was at one of his lowest parts on the island of Patmos and he saw the resurrected and exalted Jesus and saw the glory in the book of Revelation, he knew that he was on the right track. In the same way, when we catch a glimpse of glory, it should motivate us to want to continue with the Lord regardless of the challenges that we face, regardless of the persecution, and regardless of even death that may come as a result of pursuing Christ. So today we want to look at the glory itself. What will it be like when we get to heaven? And for that, I'm going to read two chapters, two very long chapters, Revelation chapter 21 and Revelation chapter 22. I'll stop at verse 17 of Revelation chapter 22. So you bear with me as I read a very lengthy passage of scripture. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life, free to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Then one of the seven angels, who had the seven bowls, filled with the seven last plagues, came to me and talked with me, saying, Come, I will show you the bride, the lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. Her light was like a most precious stone, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. Also, she had a great and high wall with twelve gates, and twelve angels at the gates, and names written on them, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. Three gates on the east, 
three gates on the north, three gates on the south, and three gates on the west. Now the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and on them were the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. And he who talked with me had a gold reed to measure the city, its gates, and its wall. The city is laid out as a square, its length is as great as its breadth. And he measured the city with the reed, twelve thousand furlongs. Its length, breadth, and height are equal. Then he measured its wall, 144 cubits, according to the measure of a man that is of an, that is of an angel. The construction of its wall was of jasper, and the city was pure gold, like clear glass. The foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with all kinds of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third chalcedony, the fourth emerald, the fifth sardonyx, the sixth sardius, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth burial, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysopras, chrysopras, the eleventh jacinth, and the twelfth amethyst. The twelve gates were twelve pearls. Each individual gate was of one pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold, like transparent glass. But I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city had no need of the sun or of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light, and the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light, and the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor into it. Its gates shall not be shut at all by day. There shall be no night there, and they shall bring glory and the honor of the nations into it. But there shall by no means enter it anything that defiles, or causes an abomination, or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Chapter 22, from verse 1. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of its street, and on, the, on either side of the river, was the tree of life, which bore twelve fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations, and there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. They shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads. There shall be no night there. They need no lamp, nor light of the sun, for the Lord God gives them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Then he said to me, These words are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show his servants the things which must shortly take place. Behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the word of the prophecy of this book. Now I, John, saw and heard these things. And when I heard and saw, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel who showed me these things. Then he said to me, See that you do not do that. For I am your fellow servant, and of your brethren, the prophets, and of those who keep the words of this book, worship God. And he said to me, Do not seal the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He who is unjust, let him be unjust still. He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. He who is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me, to give to everyone according to his work. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are those who do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life 
and may enter through the gates into the city. But outside are dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and whoever loves and practices a lie. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him who hears say, Come, and let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us note here that, first and foremost, John, who wrote the Revelation, saw what he was shown and he documented it in the way that he understood it. So sometimes it may be difficult for us to appreciate what it was that John saw. For example, he described that the street was paved with gold and the gold is as clear as crystal. Of course, we all know that gold is like yellow in color. But when he says the gold he saw is like crystal, we know that he saw something, but he was trying to describe it in the best form that he could use. And so he used gold that is clear like crystal. Having said that, let us look at what it was that John saw and what it is that we would expect when we get to eternity. John noted that there will be a new heaven and a new earth. The old heaven and the old earth is completely destroyed and a new one comes. In the new heaven and the new earth, there are no seas, no oceans. All those who are raised in Christ with their glorious bodies will form God's abode. The Bible says that the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them. It tells us that there will be no more deaths, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more crying. God will wipe away every tear from our eyes. Anybody who died with an injury or whatever, those injuries will no longer be there. All those pains that we feel here on the earth will no longer be there. Everything will be new. When the Bible uses the term new, it's telling us that it's something that we have never seen before. So everything will be different from what we know. We ourselves will be adorned with all kinds of precious stones. The Bible speaks of the Lamb's wife, which is the church. And it talks about the church coming down like a city, the holy Jerusalem. And it speaks of the church of being made of several precious stones. It speaks of gates that are made of pearls entirely. It says of this city that there is no gate. Nobody's locking any gate. The gates are wide open. It says there will be no sun, no moon, no stars. God will be the light. Jesus will be the light in that place. There will be no night there because everything will be day. Then he speaks of the tree of life. This was the tree of life that existed in the Garden of Eden in the beginning. It was the tree which if Adam and Eve had eaten it before they sinned, they would have lived forever in the state of innocence. It is a tree, if they had eaten it after they had sinned, they would never have been redeemed forever because of eating of that tree of life. And so in Genesis, God blocked the path to the tree of life so that man in the state of sin will not be able to eat of it and remain a sinner forever. But when we get to heaven, the tree will now be available to us because we now have the life of God in us. And when we eat of that tree, the life of God will perpetuate through us forever. It speaks of the tree of life as having 12 fruits, bearing 12 fruits, one fruit per month, all year round. It says the leaves of the tree will be for the healing of the nations. And everything that is a curse will never exist in eternity. 
we shall see the face of Jesus and his identity will be stamped on our foreheads. It will be a glorious time when the body of Christ will come together under one roof, under Christ, and we shall all be shining and radiant. But for all this, there are some people who will not get in. The Bible identifies them as the cowardly, the unbelieving, the abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, and so on and so forth. The Bible tells us that the people who will not be able to go in are people who denied Jesus while they were here on the earth. All these people mentioned in Revelation chapter 21 verse 8, the Bible says that they will go into hell, the lake that burns with fire and brimstone. The Bible calls that the second death. People who are practicing idolatry, that is, people who are not worshipping God, but they are worshipping something else, even though they may claim to be worshipping God, those people will be cast into the lake of fire. John saw that nothing that is defiled can enter into that city. You know, we can tolerate a little bit of sin, but God cannot tolerate sin at all. Habakkuk said that God is of purer eyes than to behold iniquity. God cannot be in a place where iniquity is present, not to talk of his house, which is in heaven. That is why when we come to God, he does everything to make sure that we are purified, we are purged, we are perfected, so that when we go to him, we will have that state of life in us. No wonder the Lord Jesus Christ said through the angel that those who are filthy, let them remain filthy. Those who are holy, make them make sure that they remain holy. Those who are righteous, let them make sure that they remain righteous. So if we are going to be a part of God's eternal glory, we must be righteous and we must be living holy. We must ensure that we live like this until we go to be with the Lord. If we are going to be righteous and to live holy, we must first of all be born again. Nobody can get into heaven without being born again. That is what Jesus said to Nicodemus. You recall in John chapter 3 when Nicodemus came to Jesus. Jesus told him, very, very lesson to you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Except a man be born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So anybody that is going to be in this glorious eternity must first of all be born again. And then he must be sanctified. I think I've described sanctification before. Sanctification is what happens when the Spirit of God comes into us and begins to remove everything that offends God. After he has removed those things, he will now purify us. He will purge us. He will make sure that we are smelling well so that God can come into us and live there. A perfect example is what happened when Esther and the other girls were brought before King Ahasuerus. The Bible says that they spent the first six months removing all the filth from their lives. And then they used the second six months to perfume them and to change them completely so that when this king sees them and smells them, they will have the smell and the feel of royalty. Sanctification is the process whereby the old human nature is completely removed and the new nature, which is the nature of God, is now put in us. And because we have the nature of God, we are able to obey God without struggling. And because we are sanctified, we, it is easy for us to walk righteously. So what happens is this. When we come to God, God pronounces us righteous. Then the Holy Spirit comes to make us righteous. And then we are able to work righteously. So from now on, we must be challenged within ourselves that we want to be a part of this city of God in glory. And if that is going to be the case for you and I, 
then we must begin to walk as God wants us to walk. If we are going to be able to walk as God wants us to walk, we must allow the Holy Spirit to do his work of sanctification in our lives. And if the Holy Spirit is going to be able to sanctify us, we must be born again first. So being born again is the first step. It's not the end. After we are born again, we must then be sanctified. And as a result of sanctification, we're able to live as God wants us to live. And as long as we're living as God wants us to live, we are sure that we will be partakers of this eternal glory. And then indeed the glory of the latter shall be far greater than the former, as God has said. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for sharing with us the glimpse of eternal glory. I pray, Almighty and everlasting God, that as many as have heard this in our hearts, we will be determined to be there. Those who are not born again, bring them to salvation. Those who are born again, sanctify them. And those who are sanctified, help them to walk righteously. Help us to walk righteously regardless of persecution or any other thing so that at the end of our stay here on the earth, we will be confident that we shall be with you in eternity. Thank you, everlasting Father. In Jesus' name, I have prayed. Amen.